Hello. Hi. How are we doing? <laughs> Welcome to Say Smut, a literary podcast for readers and non-readers. And you might not recognize the voice on the other end of the microphone. This is Hope and I's friend, Liz, who is a very big reader like me. And while Hope is going through some really big life changes right now, we are taking a hiatus for the month of August. So we decided to do some mini episodes in the meantime. I am so sorry if anybody hears my cat just absolutely screech in this podcast because for some reason my cat has a vendetta against Liz and Liz just wants to love on Luca. So if anybody hears meows, no, you didn't. No one heard it. Um, but welcome, Liz. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, Liz, I have read 66 books this year. How many books have you read? 46. Okay, so we... Look at us. We're a little over halfway done with the year. <laughs> <laughs> and we are psychotic and have read that many books, but... We thought we'd count down our top five year reads of the year so far, and then also talk about what maybe was a disappointment and what was actually surprisingly good, and then what we're looking forward to for the upcoming couple of months as we head into winter, which is like really oh my gosh. depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So to start off, we're going to do our number five slots. And at number five, I have A Dowry of Blood by S.T. Gibson. Now this, for people for reference, I tend to read a lot of fantasy and romance, both separately and combined. Um, This is oddly smutty. Um, If you want kind of like a historical vampire, um, Dracula, if he got a wife and then started collecting wives and then the wives rebel against him. Okay, it's slay. Yeah. So it's a little polyamorous smutty, um, but it also is really interesting because it's written as if it's a letter to Dracula. And okay. so they never actually say the word Dracula. They She's always referring to him as you, like almost as if the reader is him. So it's a giant letter to him. And it's very good because there are a lot of aspects of it, including the idea of having a very emotionally abusive relationship. And so it is a little feminine ragey, which I like. So I just like how it's written and I like that it's such a unique idea. So that's my number five to my purchase list. Yeah, for sure. What's your number five? Um, my number five is Happy Place by Emily Henry. It's like, you don't want to put it on the list because everyone it's like such a popular book, but it was so good. It was, uh, I think her best book yet. It's like a hug inside a book. Um, besides the cover being fabulous and pink, um, I thought that she did a great job with character development besides just the relationship. And I feel like people might find some of her writing cheesy, but I laugh out loud, literally. Um, well, I actually have this on my honorable mentions list. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I have this on my honorable mentions list because a lot of this has to do with internal dialogue. And I think, you know, when we talk about things getting shifted into a movie, I don't know how you would make this into a movie because it's so much about she's been with her fiance for 10 years. She's been has this group of best friends that do the same thing every year, go to the same 
a coastal town and go on vacation. And it's kind of like, how do you grow up with the people you love? Right. Right. And that's really emotional because we all have friends from, you know, high school or college or just long-term friendships or long-term relationships. That's like, how do you grow together and not separate? Right. Right. And I, and I feel like being a 20 something, a young 20 something and minus my COVID years, I feel like coming out of college, it is kind of a nice come of age, not necessarily teenagers, 21 year olds. And it was nice to kind of feel represented throughout the book. Um, It was very complex and I I really liked it. So it might be cheesy, but it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, I like it. Um, So at my number four spot, I have Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett. This, first of all, the cover is absolutely Beautiful. stunning. And plus, if you get the real hardcover book, it, there's something about how it feels that's really, just feels rich. I don't yeah, know. I thought <laughs> it was like a, I didn't think it was a real book. I thought it was like yeah. a sticker book. Or... Yeah, it looks like a sticker book almost. But it's written as if it's research notes. It's set during the turn of the century um, into the 1900s. And this female researcher who's 30 years old, which if we're talking about like representation, a lot of people feel like, especially in fantasy, there's not a lot of representation for women who are older instead of like the 19, 20 year old main female characters. So this female character is 30 years old. She's so socially awkward. She kind of doesn't care though. She, she, She's kind of like, I don't care if people don't like me. I just want to do my research on fairies. And so they're in Europe. Yeah, they're in Europe. And she goes to a remote destination to research this certain type of fairy. And her kind of frenemy co-worker shows up. And he is like kind of a ditz. Um, He's like very funny and very interesting. Mm -hmm. But he's a little self-centered, but in a funny way, like not in a douchey way. And they just get into shenanigans together. It's the first of, I think, what's going to be three books. I actually got an arc of the second book that comes out in January. It's also excellent, but it's written like research notes. So she kind of talks to you as if she's like writing down her thoughts and notes. And she's addressing what day it is and what she took away from the day. And so it's very, very interesting well-written kind of like the last book I mentioned where it's just a different writing format yeah so anyway it's a really great adult fantasy book okay that's so interesting what's your number four my number four there's a Luca hair in my mouth (laughs) um is the invisible life of Addie LaRue um I don't know if this is on your list or not but it's on my honorable mentions oh my gosh Um, this was fabulous. It's kind of one of those, um, classics similar to an Emily Henry or a Tessa Bailey type of book, but, um, not romance. Um, Well, is it romance? There's romantic elements in it. Yeah. It's like magical realism with history and literary and it's everything. Yeah. I think what I liked, there's like this weird niche idea of people who randomly get immortality that I'm really into, which is exactly what happens in A Dowry of Blood because she becomes a vampire, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, that's what happens to Addie LaRue is she... she ends up living forever, except for no one can remember her name. Right. And so no one remembers her, so she lives a very lonely life. So it's her going throughout history 
in this lifestyle. And then she meets somebody who does remember her. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was fabulous. It was um, very, I really like details of like, okay, but why did that happen or how to, and they do a good job of kind of explaining, you know, if she leaves a room and what happens. And um, I just really liked that the writing, even though a lot of people think it's very wordy or it keeps going on, I skim. So it was perfect for me. <laughs> um, yeah, would definitely recommend. Yeah, I feel like I didn't read the audiobook. I just read the physical copy, but I feel like the audiobook would be really good for this one. Yeah, I heard it's very good. Absolutely. Um, so at number three, I have Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. Ooh. A lot of people critique her. And here's my thing. Not everybody is trying to be the Jane Austen. Right. I don't need everybody to be super sophisticated and like... Um, like completely beyond your imagination. Like I feel like Allie Hazelwood's books are just very much comfort reads for me, similar to Emily Henry. Yeah. And so love theoretically, I used to love the love hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. I still do. We did it for the podcast a couple episodes ago, but love theoretically has now surpassed that for me. I think it's more, it's way deeper. It's about a girl who does fake dating Mm -hmm. uh, to make some money. There's no extra handsy things in her fake dating. She's literally just a fake girlfriend for people. (laughs) And she uh, dates this guy whose brother absolutely hates her, apparently. And then she goes to get a job at MIT, and he's on the hiring board. The brother is on the hiring board. And she has lied about a lot of things in her life because she's trying to fill a persona for her clients and so she was supposed to be a librarian and now she's showing up at MIT trying to be like essentially a physicist oh no and if you guys watched Oppenheimer and they were talking (laughs) about like people who do theory versus experimental right uh um I'm not a scientist we don't do that we don't do that (laughs) so if you watch that it's very much like he's an experimentalist she is a theorist and so they kind of are at odds and but there's this whole deeper layer about who she is and like is she always putting on a front for everybody else so I just really loved it it felt way deeper than her other books and also the main male character it's kind of like he gets hooked on her and he never falters it's like it's like a it's you, and I don't need to look anywhere else. And I so love I'm a strong male. Tessa Bailey's been doing it lately. And he's a he's a blonde. So like, <laughs> when has ever the male like love male interest male love interest that's a male uh, been a blonde because they're always dark haired. But um, Ken, yeah, always well, Ken. <laughs> he's just Ken. <laughs> uh, what's at your number three? Um, my number three is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow <gasps> by Gabrielle Zevin. Um, this book was also another nice big hug. It was, um, it kind of spans 30 years of these two best friends who become kind of estranged and then reunite as adults to create these video games, um, kind of in the up and coming time, I think in the nineties up until the two thousands. So it was fabulous. Um, they're both very deep characters. I, really I I didn't love like uh, sometimes when you rate on Storygraph you're like did you love the characters and honestly no not the two main Mm -hmm. ones but it it was an integral part to the story and they have it just goes through a lot of arcs there's some different parts where one chapter is written as a video game um I don't know I loved this book I um 
had a note on it that I I've lost hold please I feel like there was a lot of casualness of diversity and bold thoughts throughout the book and especially in a time of like the 90s obviously this is a book from now but it was nice to see it represented and it was slow and just a very melancholy vibe the whole time and if you want a book to read on a you know rainy day and you want to cry a little this is your book I just hear great things about it, but no one gives me details about why they love it. They're just like, oh, it's just a mood. Like, it's just it's just good. And so I never feel like I can fall into it and get excited about it. Yeah, and if you love video games, I think, like, it doesn't go super in-depth with it, but I think, like, it gives the nostalgia of, like, the 90s, you know, video game vibes, like the Nintendo 64 and everything. Mm-hmm. So it... It's a nice, it's also a hug, but it's like a sad hug. It's like someone just died and you want to feel sad. So whenever you're ready for it, it's sad vibes. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go very optimistic in my second one. It is, my number two is Clytemestra by Costanza Cassati. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, I, my friends know I love Greek mythology. It's very much my thing. This is a great Greek retelling. Clytemestra is uh, the sister of Helen of Troy. Mm -hmm. And so she is the daughter of a very powerful king. And she kind of falls in love with this very suave suave guy and um, has a baby with him and there are a lot of triggers. Um, but this, uh, bro- these two brothers come into town and they're trying to redeem their family name. So the father allows this man to kill his daughter's husband and child. Oh. Um, so he can take, he can take her as the wife. He can take Clytemestra as the wife. So yeah, of course. That's how it's, it works. It's really messed up and like definitely check triggers. But if you want a good female rage, she then spends years like plotting her revenge on her husband, her new husband. And is like, she has other children, obviously. And like, how does she care for those children because of how she's been scorned? And it's very much like, what would you do in the morality of these situations? Right. Mm-hmm. Given who your family is and given the societal complexes of where you are you know and so it's very introspective I felt like the whole time I was like raging with her but I was also like well what else can she do she's a woman living in this society you know so um if if it's very consumable too it's Mm -hmm. not like insane mythology where you're like I don't know what's happening and like all these words are confusing they write it very modern so definitely if you want a female rage check trigger warnings on that one What do you have as your runner-up? My runner-up. My runner-up, I feel like you've read all of my books, um, (laughs) is One Last Stop. Oh. Yeah. I loved this book. It's by Casey McQuiston. McQuiston? Is that their last name? Um, Yeah. Anyway. um, It is like a romance with some sci-fi elements. Yeah. Um, and when I think of sci-fi, I instantly think of um, Star Trek or whatever, you know, something like that. Like the most extreme sci-fi yeah. you can get. Yeah. But I love an idea similar to like Addie LaRue where she's stuck in time. It's a similar type of concept where um, this woman is stuck uh, in a space because of time. Like she's stuck on the train and... Um, 
this other main character tries to help her get out of there. And it's good banter, and it's funny and light, but also deep and um, very consumable, little horny. So uh, Yeah, a little horny. little horny. We did it on the podcast, so if you didn't listen to that episode and you want to, uh, Hope... Hope that was probably Hope's favorite. That's hilarious. from what I know so far. So she she loves that one. If you've ever been dreaming of getting finger bang, banged on the train, that's your <laughs> book, babe. If you've ever thought about getting gone down on a train, which if anybody knows the New York subway, it's just that's just not a hosting. dream I have. No. Nope. So at my number one spot, I cheated. <laughs> but it's my podcast, so I can do what I want to. I chose a duology, so both books. Um, The Secretly Yours and Unfortunately (gasps) Yours by Tessa Bailey. So here's the thing. I don't know what it is about Tessa Bailey's books. I don't know if they have crack in it. I don't know if they are just... She can take my money. She can literally... I will buy anything she sells at this point. I... There's something about it that's very comforting. Yeah. That I was talking about, like, with Allie Hazelwood. Yeah. But here's the thing. The thing about rom-coms is that they have to have, even if you're watching a movie rom-com, they have to have those, like, extreme situations that are so cuckoo. Right. You would never expect them to happen in real life. And right. you're like, this isn't realistic. Yeah. Like, this wouldn't happen. That is her books. Like, these people are getting in situations you would never expect. And so, both of them, one of them is a... A woman who falls in, it's like a, her old crush from high school is back in town. And so she leaves him anonymous letters. And then her brother has the second book, uh, or sorry, it's the main love interest. Uh, his sister yes. has the second book yep. and it's a marriage of convenience in 2023. So oh, it's so good. It's so, it's so fun. It's set in Napa Valley. You're going to want to go and just drink wine and yeah. be cozy and, and it's horny. So it is horny. um that's an added plus. Horny. No, it's not like it's not the smuttiest thing I've ever read. Yeah, but it, and it still has plot. Like I love a plot. You know, you need some foreplay, you yeah. need it all. So And they've got interesting characters. That's the other thing is she's yeah. kind of unforgiving in giving her characters blemishes and giving her characters faults. Yeah. And leaning into those. So that's why I also feel very seen because her first um and not to say that this is a fault, but as a curvier woman, her yeah. first book, it has a curvy woman yeah. and the male love interest obviously has mental health concerns. Yeah. And then That's the me. second book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, same. <laughs> it's the whole package. Um, and then the second one, like the woman is having some issues with um, alcohol and like not necessarily that she's an alcoholic, right. but like I've also struggled with alcohol. Right. And so yeah. like there's all these things that are just slightly like here's my thing that makes me a little different and I'm just going to lean into it. So yes. that's why I think I fell in love with those books. And again, they feel like a hug to me. So. Yeah, same. They are on my honorable mentions. So specifically, unfortunately, yours. Yeah. Um, what's your number one? My number one is um, Dark Matter by someone. I think it's a man, actually. Blake <gasps> Crouch. Yeah. I don't um, think I have a single man on my I know. It's... it's a little shocking to me, um, but this book is like Interstellar mixed with um, Mr. Meeseeks from Rick and Morty. I don't know if this audience will even have watched Rick and Morty. It's a sad time in my life that I did, but um, basically, Mr. Meeseeks is like this guy that 
you hit a button on a box and he comes out to help you solve a single problem. Like I need to fix my oven. But then in the show, Mr. Meeseeks is asked to fix the dad's golf game, but it's unfixable. So then he keeps getting more Mr. Meeseeks to help him with the box, and there's a bunch of them. So that's all I'm gonna kind of say. Like it's another time travely sci-fi book without being Star Trek, and it is so good. Um, I loved a lot about it, but specifically. Oh, I was going to read my review. I wrote so good. But specifically, the characters were great. And I think the the complexity that the author put into um, the then and now and just kind of how the worlds worked and interchanged was very interesting. So if you want a sci-fi book that's, you know, relatively sci-fi, it's, it's great. I remember when you were reading it and you were like telling me, oh, obviously, I need to turn my freaking notifications <laughs> off. Um like you were telling me all about it and I felt like my mind couldn't keep up, but it's yeah. one of those that like, if you were in it, if you went down that rabbit hole, it would be like, Oh my gosh, my mind can't stop thinking about this concept. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think I thought about it for like days after and I still think about it. So, well, there you go. We've got kind of a slew of options. Yeah. We've got fantasy and sci-fi and contemporary and romance and... we got it all. We've got it all. But I have honorable mentions because, like I said, this is my podcast so I can do whatever <laughs> I want. Um, so one of my uh, honorable mentions is the Prison Healer series, which is a YA fantasy by Lynette Noni. Think okay. All I'm gonna say is think of the Hunger Games, but if it were fantasy instead okay. of dystopian, okay, and set in a high security prison. Ooh. Um. So that's one of them. Then I have Done and Dusted by Lila Sage, which is a be- brother's best friend western romance. I did it for the podcast, so if you don't necessarily read, you can hear all about it there, and it's a little smutty. I had Happy Place that Love. you just mentioned. I also had the Fable series, which is a YA fantasy from Adrian Young. It's essentially fantasy and pirates. So okay. who could ask for more? And yeah. there's like, it's such an easy, quick read. And she's got done a couple spinoff books. So it was just really fun to quickly read through those. The Kiss Quotient, quote, Quotient, Quotient, Quotient. Yeah. Yep. The Kiss Quotient um, by Helen Huang. Uh she orders a male escort to teach her how to have sex. Um, <laughs> oh. And they obviously fall in love. Yep. Um, it's great representation, specifically autism representation. The author has autism. Um, and so she talks about her experience. Um, and then we also did that one for the podcast as well. So if you haven't listened to go for it, I had the invisible life of Addie LaRue um, that you mentioned. And then the last one is the boyfriend candidate by Ashley Winstead. I, my okay. little political reporter heart, which is my day job, loved this fake dating book. It's inspired by Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. I cannot recommend it enough. It's this guy running for governor and he spends like one night getting to know this librarian at a bar and then they're pictured together, but they both lie to each other. And so now they're stuck in a relationship while he's campaigning. So very, very fun. What are your honorable mentions? Oh, man. I have a few as well. Um, I have a romantic comedy. This was fabulous. Um, it is about an SNL writer who's kind of, she's older, single. She's not, like, 
the hottest or cutest or whatever. It's it's really good. Um, COVID is mentioned in the plot, but it actually added to the plot and because um, they lived through it, but it, it didn't subtract, which, you know, I was, when I read the word yeah. COVID, I was about to DNF. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. So I will, like, I will warn you that they mention it, but it's not part of much. It, it actually adds. Um, secretly and unfortunately, yours were on my honorables because, of course... Um, A Perfect Vintage by Chelsea Fagan, I think is her last name. I think this is her debut. It, um, it's a romance and a literary novel. She turns an estate into a hotel. It is fabulous. She kind of falls in love, I believe. I have a hard time remembering, but it's a great cover, great book. It was very, um, warm huggable. Um, One True Loves is a Taylor Jenkins Reid book, um, but it's, Interesting. it's really good. Some people either love or hate it. Um, a woman's husband dies, and then she falls for a different guy, and then you find out, this is all on the back cover, I'm not spoiling, and then you find out that the husband is still alive, so it's just a lot of, like, introspective, figuring out what she's gonna do um don't watch the movie but read the book (laughs) good to know um the wishing game this almost made my top five it if you were a magic treehouse reader as a child this book is like i feel like all my books are warm hugs but this is definitely one of those um this woman ends up going to her favorite childhood author's um uh island and kind of competing in a game with other people um, to win his next novel to then publish or do whatever she wants. And it's, you know, she's trying to adopt a child. It's a whole thing. It's very good. It has a little bit of mind games in there. Um, and then my last two are thrillers. We've got The Last Flight. Two women switch places on a flight. They take each other's lives. I literally read it in a night. It was so good. And the last one is Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister. Interesting. Some people, Sarah, didn't like this book. <laughs> um, some people don't like it because it's very British, and I totally understand. But a woman sees her son kill someone, and then she ends up back in time and kind of has to figure out and put the pieces together. So the, It's interesting that it, because I started the book. I yeah. DNF'd it, yeah. but it works backward. Yeah. So that's the weird thing, and I just felt like the beginning of it was slow for me to yeah. work backward because it felt a little repetitive. Right. But then when I read the synopsis later and understanding what happens I was like oh shit that would have been a really good right. book like yeah. I would have definitely read that so I just wish it would have picked yeah. up a little more but yes I I read it for book club the women in my book club loved it it yeah. was very interesting especially if you're a parent mm, and you're yeah. thinking like what would I do for my kid like yeah. what would I do for my spouse what would I do in this situation so yeah. very interesting so I also want to know what your biggest disappointment read this year was i had on my list mexican gothic by sylvia moreno garcia i have other books from her as well it's been on my shelf since i got back into reading like three years ago and i just haven't read it so i listened to the audiobook it is a wild ending but it was a very slow start Mm -hmm. and it was trying to i think be atmospheric i think if you have watched Crimson Peak or the old movie Skeleton Key. It's that idea of somebody comes, an outsider comes to a house that's really spooky and the people inside are being really weird and she's got to figure out what's going on. Um, it, it was an interesting concept and it kind of just like 
absolutely flew by the last 50 pages, but it took a lot to build up to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, good to know. Take it off my list. Um, <laughs> sorry. Not necessarily you should take it off. <laughs> um, I, I had two disappointments. Um, Saint X by... I'm unsure of the author's name. It's already out of my mind. But um, this is a TV show. And so obviously when something gets made into a TV show and it's, you know, on Amazon Prime or something, it's really well promoted. I just kind of assume it's great. Maybe yeah. I, I have a lot of faith because of Daisy Jones because that was so good. But um, this was not it. And maybe the show is better. But... The writing was really hard to read. Um, I feel like they wanted to be a lot smarter than, than the like. I didn't need to read it at that high of a level, and it just didn't really go anywhere. Um, it was someone, uh, a sister, goes missing on a family vacation, and um, she then the other sister kind of goes like ten years later tries to figure out the crime, but. It's very anticlimactic. I pushed through and wish I wouldn't have. So So what was the second book that you didn't love? And then the other book was The Golden Spoon. Um, This was... Ooh. Yeah, this was a um, debut for this author. Again, I don't have the author's name, but um, it's an idea of, like, a thriller mixed with, like, the Great British Baking Show. And so... It sounds like a great concept, you know, someone dies and in the middle of, like, the great British baking show, but uh, there were, like, seven different points of view. Um, It was very, like, first I did this, and then I did this. It was just very juvenile. It was very not show and tell. Yeah, Yeah. it was very juvenile writing. Um, I did finish to the end, and the ending was good, um, but I couldn't deal with some of the characters in the writing, and... um, She's got she's got some some things to work on, but the concept was cute. Yeah. Well, I just feel like that's crazy because so many people are into that book. It's all over the place, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So I also asked what the biggest surprise read was. Um, I never thought I was going to like a Jojo Moyes uh Moyes Moyes book, but I listened, specifically listened to The Giver of Stars by her. And it was so good. Like, first oh. of all, it's, I think it's Julia Whelan that does the act, the oh, voice acting. Course, yeah. And she's phenomenal. And so the voice acting was incredible. But the concept is that these women are in very, very rural America near the Appalachian Mountains. And they are going by horseback, bringing library books to people in the mountains. Aww. And so... It's these different women who come from very different lifestyles kind of banding together. And they're, some of them are outcasts. Most of them are outcasts. And so it's it's just very, like, female empowering. Um, and then it's got a little bit of, I, I know you don't like where the crawdads sing. No. but And I'm not a huge fan well, either. specifically from the, his, the background. Yeah, the background it. about it. But... Um, there is kind of like a little murder mystery element in there. That's very where the crawdads sing about it. And my mom just listened to it and she absolutely loved it. And she loved where the crawdads sing. So whether you like where the crawdads sing or not, (laughs) you're, you would, uh, maybe like this book. And so the second book I had on my biggest surprise is the lady most willing, which is by Julia Quinn and a couple other authors. I went through a phase of reading like 16 historical romances um, and it was really toxic for me. But this one was so fun. Like essentially these, I think it's Scottish men 
uh, kidnap these women who could be potential wives for this guy who essentially needs to get married to inherit the title. And so they end up being like kidnapped and brought to the Highlands and uh, chaos ensues. And it's three different romance stories in one book. And so it's, it's just kind of a fun read. What was your biggest surprise? Um, My biggest surprise was actually Reckless Girls. Um, It's kind of one of those whodunit books. And normally I get, you know, kind of over the type of everyone goes on a vacation and someone dies. What happens? But um, this one was, you know, phrased a little differently. It's basically these two people and um, two women approach them and want to go on like a sailing trip with the guy who's a sailor, I guess, um, is what you would call him. And they stay at this abandoned island and then um, just kind of chaos ensues. Um, and it does have a little bit of female rage. So, you know, we love that aspect. Yeah, so we do. It was a shocking ending. I was like, oh my gosh. And then my other one was a book. <laughs> oh, it was The Measure. I was like, I knew I had this. It was The oh, Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. Another one idea now. <laughs> yeah. It's, some people, I, I read this for my workbook club, and um, everyone was kind of torn, especially since we're coming off the heels of COVID. It, it was definitely written during COVID, and I think the author used COVID this way. This is a way to cope with COVID. Sorry, I've said COVID 300 times. But basically, everyone gets... Um, a string on their doorstep one day no one knows where it came from and kind of it's um a panic across the world and then we figure out that the string is accustomed to how long your life span is um and it just kind of goes through a lot of the phases of like what what would happen um you know the short stringers versus the long stringers and i did wish it had a little bit more like why like why are these things yeah i want some more details i know it's all fake but i want to know the details but other than that um there are like five different povs um which is a little hard to understand at first but then they all really tie together and it was a nice a nice story everyone gets what they deserve so it was a good book and i should disclose the reason i had to read it for book club and the reason i dnf'd it where there were certain triggers in it for me personally and at the time i was going through my life so like i again it was a very interesting concept that i was invested in but then i just like i couldn't get through with it so okay so final question what is yet to come this year that you are excited about what are you going to read before the end of the year that you're excited to read my big one is The Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. I've been saving this book. I did get a first edition copy Ugh. with the sprayed edges. Um, I'm going to break into your house. <laughs> but the second the second book is coming out this fall, so I kind of want to read them back to back. Yeah. Um, so I've been holding off. And then my other two are actually books and series. So Adeline Grace has a YA series um, that the second book Foxglove is coming out. Okay. And the first book is essentially like she was scarred by like death, like death had come, death was like personified and it had come and killed a bunch of people in her life. And then it, for some reason it didn't kill her and it can't kill her. And so death is like a person in her life. Death is actually the love interest. Wait, does she have sex? Is this the one she has sex with death? <laughs> I'm not going to disclose that. Okay. But it is a YA series. Um, Well, I shouldn't say YA. It's more like new New adult. adult. So it's kind of on that crevice of maybe you should be around 18 to read it. Um, But it's very interesting concept. And then like the second book's coming out. And then A Curse for True Love by Stephanie Garber. 
I love Stephanie Garber. She wrote the Caravel series. It's a oh, trilogy. Yes. It's yeah. like very like games, mental games of like what what do I do here and puzzles games. and and um, so this is a spinoff series which is like the Jack of Hearts uh, mm. series and so it's actually the last one in the Jack of Hearts series. So you kind of have to get through five books to get to the one I'm interested in, but. There's a lot of really good fantasy series is what I'm getting yes. at coming yeah. out. So. Yeah, I have Fourth Wing on mine as well. Obviously, I already have the second one pre-ordered on Amazon, and then I'm going to cancel it the day before and go pick it up in store because I just need to remember, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, my other two, uh, Jillian McAllister's new book, um, she is definitely a, an instant buy for me now. It is called Just Another Missing Person. To be honest, I don't really know what it's about. I think it's like she... I don't know. I'm not even going to try and guess. I, I think I read the synopsis. I don't care. It's so go to Goodreads yeah, and read it. Yeah, read it. it. It's just a thriller, I'm sure. Um, and then the last one is Yellow Face by R.F. Yes. Um, People love this book. I think it kind of exposes the book industry a little. Yeah, it's supposed to be a reflection of like racism in the book industry. Yeah. And you're supposed to hate the main character you're reading from. And I I felt this way when I read the newest Hunger Games book. And you, oh, yeah. I read it just this last week. And so it's one of those things where I don't like being in that mind of somebody who's terrible. Yeah. But I like the concept and I will probably read the book. Yeah. And it's also a great cover. It's simple. And I always can buy a good cover. So those are my excited to read. Yeah. Well, everybody, we just gave you so many books to read and to <laughs> maybe reconsider if you want to read. Um, Liz will probably have you back on. Ooh. And we talked about maybe doing a smash or pass of book boyfriends. That would be so good maybe not just book boyfriends but like just characters in general from books people know yeah um but we will have you back on later this month um and in the meantime if you guys haven't go listen to some of our other episodes and uh we'll see you next time bye bye